Hey, hey, I'm Julia, the owner of Julia K Design, which is a small business specializing in wedding invitation design and calligraphy. If you're an aspiring small business owner, a fellow wedding creative, or just looking for some overall inspiration and insight, Julia's creative business guidebook will bring light to all of the challenges I've faced, the lessons I've learned, and the success I've earned. I hope you'll tune in every week for a new chapter in your guidebook. Friends, hello. (laughs) Hi, it's me. I'm back. I took a break from my podcast last week simply because I just did not have the time or the energy to create a new podcast episode. Um, So I apologize about that. I do want to give you guys kind of a little update before I jump into things. These past two weeks have been just craziness. Um, As I had mentioned in a previous episode, I was hired to help with PA Bacon Fest, which was a food festival in downtown Easton. It happened um, over the weekend, so today's Monday the 7th, and it was on Saturday the 5th and Sunday the 6th in downtown Easton, and it was amazing. It's (laughs) a food festival with 150 food vendors, a ton of people, like literally almost 100,000 people during the weekend, live music, contests, shows, activities, rock wall, like just so much fun stuff going on in downtown Easton, and I was lucky enough to be a part of it again, and it is just a jam-packed weekend, and I am tired today. (laughs) Over the course of the weekend, I walked almost 25 miles (laughs) just on Saturday and Sunday, so... My legs and my body are just shot today. Like, I am just, it's its hitting me like a wall. <laughs> so, that was, that was this weekend. Um, I also helped, like, a little bit leading up to the event with the planning process and getting everything in line. So, it has been really busy recently because of that. And then, also, I had mentioned this a little bit on Instagram, but... My mom has been in the hospital for two weeks now. Tomorrow will actually be the 14th day. She was admitted with a gallstone, and I'm probably going to, like, not even explain explain any of this correctly, but she was admitted with a gallstone, and then I think somehow it turned into, I think, like, the passing of the gallstone somehow caused pancreatitis. She's been in the hospital trying to heal the pancreatitis. The end goal is to remove her gallbladder so that this doesn't happen again, but they haven't been able to do surgery while the pancreas has been so inflamed. So it's really just been a painful waiting game. And yeah, at first it was just a lot of like uncertainty. Um, We didn't know like what was happening or what was going to happen. And she was in a ton of pain and that was just like breaking my heart. So I have been back and forth between Easton and York for the past couple of weeks just because I want to, you know, be there for her and hang out in the hospital with her because um, as terrible as it is for all of us, it's even more terrible for her, obviously, who's actually going through it. But her pain has come down tremendously and she's much more comfortable now. And it seems like as of today, she should be discharged from the hospital this week. Unfortunately, they're not going to be able to do the gallbladder removal surgery until the pancreatitis is totally 
um, healed, which they say could be months. So yeah, it has just been exhausting and yeah, my mental capacity is pretty limited between all of that going on and then all of Bacon Fest things going on. Um, I am just, yeah. And honestly, I feel like since I started this podcast, I didn't intend to be as crazy busy as I have been. So I feel like every time I get on my podcast, it's like the first time in the whole week that I'm like sitting down to reflect on what's going on. And it like makes me realize and it starts to catch up to me that I'm just like tired. I'm just so tired. (laughs) So yeah, I feel like every episode I'm just kind of like complain, not complaining, but like exhausted. And you guys are probably like, okay, what the hell? Like, this is so depressing. Um, But it's just obviously when I (laughs) released the podcast, this is not how I planned for things to go. I knew Bacon Fest was going to happen. So like my plan was to like work around that. Um, But things just keep popping up and I'm just going day by day, rolling with the punches and yeah, still recording episodes right before I need to release them. (laughs) But yeah, that is just a little, a little life update. So (laughs) this is the last episode or the last chapter of unit one. So unit one was all about the logistics of starting a business. And today I'm kind of just going to review everything that I've talked about over the last um, five or four chapters. And then I have been referring to the questions that you guys are able to answer through the link in the episode descriptions, so I'm going to go in and answer those. I only have a few, um, but yeah, this is going to be more or less a shorter episode, and then next week will be the start of Unit 2, and Unit 2 is all about starting a business with zero clients, so I think that will be really excited for a lot of listeners because I know a lot of people who listen are brand new business owners with no clients. And I get a lot of questions about how to market yourself when you have no clients and how to get started and book those dream clients. So I am excited to dive into that. But for today, we're just going to take it easy. It's going to be chill and short and sweet because that is all, (laughs) that is all I can do right now, people. I, I just, I'm just tired. Let's get into it. Let me take a big swig of coffee before I fall asleep though. Alrighty, so logistics of starting a business, a roundup. <laughs> um, so chapter one was the officially starting your business. So I talked all about how you should choose your business name, how to register your business name, and then after being registered, how to apply for an EIN. And then I also talked about the differences between uh, business types. So LLC versus sole proprietorship and kind of explained those differences. And yeah, um, I personally have an LLC, like I've mentioned, and that essentially means if I were to get sued or get into legal trouble, people can only come after my business and they can't come after my personal assets. So an LLC separates my personal assets from my business assets, whereas a sole proprietorship does not separate it. So if someone were to sue you, they can sue you for personal assets as well. And I just recommend starting out as an LLC from the beginning and not having to worry about any of that 
You can obviously make the switch from a sole proprietorship to an LLC down the road, but why not just save yourself some time and money and energy and do an LLC from the beginning? Um, I also mentioned in chapter one that the Small Business Association has a ton of really, really great resources for people that are looking to start a small business and their website is sba.gov. So highly recommend checking that out if you want to start your own small business. Chapter two was all about business branding. I love business branding. Um, So when you are beginning to think about your business branding, it's really, really important to think about the fact that this will be giving your business an identity and it is much, much, much more than just a logo and colors. I also talked about making your own logo and branding at first versus hiring a brand designer and pretty much I totally, 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 totally understand and advocate for people who need to do their own branding and logo from the beginning. A brand designer is a lot of money and when you're just getting started, it's not always the smartest business decision to invest a ton of money when you're not getting any in return. So if you are not able to validate the expense that is a brand designer, then DIY your branding. It is totally fine. There are many resources out there to help you, such as like articles that explain what you need. And then as far as like actually designing it, Canva is a lovely, lovely, lovely resource. I don't care. People should never shit on Canva. Canva's lovely. (laughs) I also touched upon determining who your ideal client is, which is extremely important when beginning a small business. You need to know who it is that you are marketing towards because you need to know how to be able to sell and talk to that audience. And then I just kind of, you know, dove into what your branding should entail and why it should really represent you as a person, even if you are trying to keep your business separate from your personal life, your branding should still, at least I believe, should still reflect you as a person. And yeah, branding is just entirely so, so, so important. Um, Anybody can probably agree with that. I have really, really recently, as in like the past like year and a half, started to take my branding a lot more seriously. And it has, you know, like I said, has really given my business an identity. And I think it's something that people can recognize now when they see my branding colors or my fonts or, you know, anything like that, they can put that, put those elements to my business. And yeah, it kind of just makes my business come to life, which is really awesome. So definitely want to take your time with branding. Think about what is really important to you and how you can make that show through your branding and yeah, just have fun with it. So that business branding was all chapter two. And then chapter three was keeping track of your finances. And boy, was that episode a doozy. Um, Accounting and bookkeeping is just, I mean, it's so extremely important. And I talked all about how important I think it is to get a bookkeeper and an accountant and have people do it for you. I think that is like the first thing you should invest in when you are starting a small business is bookkeeping and accounting help because unless you went to school for one of those, you probably don't know what you're doing just like I did and you probably need some help so that the IRS doesn't come knocking on your door just like they did for me. I talk about 
different platforms that you can use if you are going to DIY your bookkeeping from the beginning. I talk about GoDaddy and QuickBooks and I also touch upon getting a business credit card and what one I use and why I use it. I discussed filing taxes. I didn't go too too into detail with that because I don't want to give anybody the wrong information because I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know how to do taxes properly and that's why I hired an accountant and that's why the IRS came knocking on my door. Um, not literally, but yes, filing taxes, you need to file estimated quarterly taxes because you own a small business and you need to file local, state, and federal taxes in addition to filing your yearly tax return, um, which you will file as personal taxes, not as business taxes, unless you are registered as something other than like an LLC or a sole, sole proprietorship. But those two, you register as personal taxes, not business taxes. It is also extremely important that you separate your bank accounts so you have a separate business bank account and a separate personal bank account. I personally use Well Fargo for both business and personal and I love it because I have everything is in one account. It's really easy to just pay myself and transfer money to my tax account and things like that. Speaking of tax account, you also need to have a separate tax account to distribute your profit, um, distribute the taxes that you need to from your profit each month. So yeah, uh, chapter three was all about business bookkeeping and it was, it was fun. But like I said, the most important part about accounting and bookkeeping is getting to a place where you can hire people to do it for you because it's just crucial. Um, chapter four, which was the last chapter of the unit, was me giving all of you my secrets to my favorite equipment, programs, physical items that you need to start a biz, task management, client management. I literally went into everything that I use and I gave you all the good details because if there's any question that I get the most, it is about my supplies and materials and where I get things and how I use things and all of that. So that is all covered in chapter four. So I highly recommend going to listen to chapter four. If you're curious about anything that I use on the daily basis, it was most likely covered in chapter four. So that is a little bit of a rundown on what chapter, or I'm sorry, of what unit one was all about, more or less the logistics of starting a small business. And then unit two coming next week will be starting a business with zero clients. I'm so excited for that unit. I am literally just getting started on diving deep into all of the knowledge that I have for you guys. And yeah, it's going to be great. So to wrap this episode up, I want to um, head into my question form and read some of the questions and answer them for you. Okay. So first question I got was, where do you find a bookkeeper and how do you pay them? For example, monthly, yearly, on an as-needed basis, etc. I found my bookkeeper through Google. I um, specifically Googled bookkeepers for creative small businesses, and I literally went probably five or six pages deep on Google and checked out all of their websites, their social medias, everything. I just really did a lot of research until I found somebody that seemed like they would be a good fit. We did a consultation call, loved her, um, and went from there. So if you're curious, I use Lori Ann Kuntz, and that is 
Lori Ann, and the last name is K-U-N-T-Z. She is a creative small business bookkeeper, and she is amazing. So that's who I use, and I pay them on a monthly basis. That is how that works. Um, And while I'm just kind of on this topic, I'll also mention my accountant. My accountant, I found um, it was recommended to me from a fellow small business owner, Hold on, my father is calling me. Okay, anyways, (laughs) sorry about that. Um, My accountant, yeah, like I said, was recommended to me by a fellow small business owner who uses her and loves her and is kind of local to me. So that's how I found her. And I pay her as, like, I pay her once a year just when it comes time to file taxes. So that's how that works. Um... There is more of like an upfront cost when you start working with a bookkeeper or an accountant. There is like, so for example, my bookkeeper, I pay her a monthly fee, but at the beginning when we first started working together, there was the onboarding fee so that she could like get all of my books together or whatever and do things on her side that she needed to to get set up with me. Um, And the same with my accountant, there was an additional fee when I first got started because she had to you know, gather all my paperwork and make my account and things like that. So that's something else to keep in mind that it is a little bit more upfront, but then it is just like a monthly or a one-time fee after that. But yeah, so on to the next question, where, oops, not where, how do you find a decent local print shop? How did you pick a home printer? When do you choose printing versus print shop? I'm guessing that meant like when do you choose to print at home versus at a print shop. Um, So for the first part of this question, um, I found a local print shop. Again, it was recommended to me by um, um, an old coworker who had used them for um, a job that she did. She recommended me to them or recommended them to me and I reached out to them and kind of just got this conversation started. The print shop that I use actually isn't like a, they don't typically do wedding invitations. So when I was first beginning to work with them, it was a lot of trial and error. And I drove into their um, print shop a lot just to look at different papers and samples and kind of tweak things just to make sure that everything was the quality that I wanted. And yeah, it's just kind of like you have to just get the conversation started a lot of local print shops aren't going to have like a super easy online ordering system. And so it's not like something that you'll just go to the website and place an order and it'll be perfect the first time. Like you're probably going to have several conversations trying to get things correct in the way you want them to be. But I have worked with this print shop for over a year now. So they really know like what my quality expectations are and what paper I use and what to expect. So once you find that solid, like a solid print company, you're probably just going to have to like, no print company at first is going to just like get things right. Um, unless you use like a, you know, a very well-known invitation print company, but yeah, you just have to get the conversation started. And you know, if you aren't happy with the quality, then find somebody else. I'm sure many print companies will give you free samples. So yeah, just get the conversation started and see what, see how it goes. For the second part of this question, how did you pick a home printer? Again, just did some research and I had been following a lot of small or a lot of invitation designers on Instagram. So I knew what printer they used and yeah, that's, that's how. (laughs) 
when do I choose printing versus print shop? Okay, so when do I choose printing at home versus print shop? Well, all of my invitations are always printed at a print shop unless I'm printing on handmade paper, then I do that at home. But as far as like my standard invitations, they are all printed at the print shop. I never print invitations at home. And that is mainly because my printer is just too slow. And then the other thing I print at home are envelopes. And that's just because it's just way easier than sending envelopes to a print company and sending them the files for the print or for the addresses and everything. Um, but otherwise, everything is printed at a print shop. I outsource all printing for client work. I'll print like miscellaneous things at home if I need like certain package inserts or if I need new stickers made, I'll print them and cut them on my Cricut, but most mostly everything is outsourced. At what point did you feel comfortable leaving? This is obviously a new question. <laughs> At what point did you feel comfortable leaving a job to become your own employer full-time? My story of how I went full-time with my business is an odd one because I did it right in the middle of COVID and I didn't plan for it at all. So I wouldn't say I ever really felt comfortable enough to do it. I just did it on a whim because other things just lined up the way they needed to for it to be possible. Um, so I guess like I felt comfortable with the decision once I had a plan laid out for like what was going to come next if I was going to do this. So knowing that like I had a plan in place for what I was going to like so I kind of knew what things were going to look like. That is like what me made me feel comfortable. Next question. When you first got started, how did you find new clients? Oh, well, stay tuned for next week's episode because that is what all of the next few chapters is about. Um, next question. You talked a lot about your Canon Pixma Pro printer. I also have one. Do you find that the printing often looks dull or pixelated? Do you have any tips and tricks for improving the quality with your printer? I mostly use for envelopes and a few one-off projects, but always outsource larger orders because I find the quality to be poor. Um, I never have issues with it being dull or pixelated. Um, if it's looking dull, you should play with the color settings a little bit. It's just every printer, even if it is a Canon Pixma Pro 100, they are all different. Um, so you kind of just have to play with the color settings. It will probably feel like you're wasting a lot of paper, but trial and error is just honestly the best way to figure out what settings work well with your printer. Um, as far as pixelation goes, I had this happen once, not with, not with my printer, but when I ordered from a print company, I received everything and it was pixelated. And it was because I hadn't turned it into a vector, like the artwork. So you might want to check to make sure that you are um, printing everything as a vector. So like outline your fonts, image trace any artwork, image trace any artwork, things like that. That's really all I can think of as to why it might be pixelated. But yeah, I don't like, I agree with you. I only use mine for envelopes mostly. And in that case, like I don't have any issues because it's just, you know, small little print jobs, but it's, I wish I had a better answer, but unfortunately, you kind of just have to play with the settings and learn your printer. Um, next question, how did you go about finding your accountant? Do you, they specialize in creative businesses or did you look for certain features? Thanks. Okay, so I kind of mentioned this at the beginning. Um, found her through a referral from another creative small business owner. And they do, um, actually, I shouldn't say that she specializes in creative businesses. I'm actually not sure about that, but... 
she, I think for the most part, specializes in small businesses in general. Um, I didn't really look for certain features. I just really trusted the friend of mine who referred her. So I just went with that and had a phone call and yeah, it was, you know, an accountant is kind of, you know, it's a person that you are only really talking with a few times a year. So it's more or less just like, you're not, you don't need to have like a BFF relationship with your accountant. You just need to trust them to do it correctly and do a good job at it. So I think that's most important when you're looking for an accountant. Um, okay. Those are all of the questions that I received. Uh, this episode is not any shorter than the other episodes, which I really thought I was going to be like 15 minutes, but here I am at 30. So sorry, but, um, those are all the questions for this week. As always, if you do have questions, you can leave them at the link that is in the episode description and I will answer them during unit two's unit review. Um, just to give you a little look forward, unit two will start next week and chapter one is going to be how I transitioned from signage to stationary. And I'm going to be talking about this because it is very important in the way that I started with zero clients and how I grew from zero clients. Um, and I'll also probably be touching upon like finalizing your offerings and your pricing in next week's episode. And then chapter two is how to find clients when you're just getting started. Chapter three, figuring out your systems because if you don't have good systems and you start to get clients, you're gonna be fucked. <laughs> so all about figuring out your systems. Chapter four is all about customer service because you need your customer service to be impeccable, especially when you're just starting out because you want that first customer that you ever have to refer you to their friends and family. So very important episode there. Chapter five will be finding the right print company and suppliers for you. So I kind of touched upon that during the Q&A, but I will really dive deep into that um, during chapter five. So for now, that is all that is entailed in unit two, which again, will be starting during next week's episode. And yeah, as always, let me know if you have any questions. Follow me on Instagram at Julia K Design. And yeah, hopefully I'm a little bit more active on Instagram now that Bacon Fest is over and my mom is getting better. Hopefully things are going to slow down a little bit, but we will see. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this was helpful or beneficial or it was just enjoyable. Um, if you did enjoy it, feel free to leave a review on any of the platforms that you've listened to. <laughs> All right. Thanks guys. Bye. Cheers to finishing up another chapter in Julia's Creative Business Guidebook. I hope you learned something new and will tune in next week for our new chapter. Until then, take care of yourself, do things that inspire you, and never stop creating. If you have any questions about anything I talked about during this episode, please refer to the link in the episode description to ask your question. All questions will be answered at the end of each unit.